This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. John chapter 13, are you there? John 13, I want to pick up uh, the third installment of our True Value series. For those of you that maybe missed the first two, we're talking about and deciding as a community in a shifting society, in a world that has all kinds of trends and fads and political landscapes that want to tell us what to believe, we are deciding as a church that we're going to value what God values. We're going to build our life on God's word. And uh, these are true values. And true values are built off truth. Truth does not come from social media. Somebody say amen. It doesn't come from celebrity. Truth comes from Jesus. In fact, Pontius Pilate was asking one time, the, the, the guy that was about to, to literally allow Jesus to be executed, he said, what is truth? And Jesus looked at him and goes, you're looking at truth. I am truth. And so we're going to build our families, our lives, our futures, and our businesses off the truth of God's word. The Bible says it this way. The grass may wither. The flower perhaps will fade. But the word of the Lord, it will last forever. It is tested. It is proved. And it is capable for us in a society that's shifting for us to have a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We do not gather on Sundays for pep rallies. We gather around the living, breathing word of God that instructs us on how to live a righteous life in these times. I love that we serve a God that doesn't take us out of the world when we become a Christian, but he teaches us how to stand up in this world. I want to preach today one of the most beautiful narratives of the life and the true message of the life of Jesus out of John chapter 13. We're going to read some scriptures together. If you're new to scripture, this is right before Jesus is betrayed, right before um, he, he's led to Pontius Pilate, right before he dies on the cross for the sins of the world. This is his last hoorah, his last supper. Uh, he did not go to Chick-fil-A, stayed in. They postmated some stuff in. I just said postmated, and um, past tense, and um, and watch what happens with Jesus. John thirteen. Are you ready for the word? Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time, and the devil by now had Judas, the son of Simon the Iscariot firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he had come from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on the apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying with them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you... you you washed my feet? Jesus answered, said, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, you're not going to wash my feet ever. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, but wash my hands and, and wash my head. Jesus said, if you had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. In other words, I ain't about to do nothing to that. <laughs> You getting greedy, son. <laughs> My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean. 
But not every one of you, because he knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took aside his robe and put it back on and went back to his place at the table. And then he said, do you understand what I've just done for you? You address me as teacher and master and rightly so. This is what I am. So if I, the master and the teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master and an employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. This is amazing. Jesus ends this whole experience with going, the blessed life is what I just did for you. The blessed life that truly all of us want to be blessed and he's showing us the gateway, the pathway, the way to tap into a blessed life is not by getting, but it's by giving. It's not by being served, but Jesus is showing the disciples, I will open up for you a truly blessed life and it will be in the posture. Go ahead and take off your robe, put on your apron and serve one another. If I can do it, you can do it. If I took this posture, you can take this posture. I want to preach a message in the 10 a.m. service. You can write down the title of today's message. It's called, I love this title so much. It's called a servolution. A servolution. I believe what our families need, our society needs, our city needs. We do not need a church illusion or a preach illusion. We need a servolution and a coffee illusion. Chad, stop. Enough with the coffee jokes. But I want to pray. I believe that God will come and to speak to you today. Hey, if this is your first time uh, to our church or maybe the first time to church in a long time, we want to say we're so grateful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. We pray that you leave better than you came. We pray that you leave encouraged and, and you get a sense today that God truly is for you and the wind of heaven is at your back. Amen. One more time. Just put your hands together for all the people that have come for the very first time. Come on. Make them feel at home. Make them feel welcome. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our church, our community. God, we are so mindful of your goodness, your grace, your love. God, thank you that you are doing things in our life that we can't see yet, that we don't know about yet. We say yes and amen to your plans and your purposes. We receive now what you want to speak to our home, what you want to speak to our soul. God, we open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. We open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit do something unique and profound in this setting. We love you so much. And God, we thank you for next Sunday, Mother's Day, that all the ladies will feel celebrated. God, we thank you for the gift of mom. We love her so much. And may they feel champion at Zoe Church in Jesus' name. And we all said together, come on, one week in advance, give it up for all the moms. We're celebrating next Sunday. Happy Mother's Day in advance. Have I ever told you a story about when I bought myself Gucci loafers on Mother's Day? Let's not get into the details. Um, um, uh, uh, a number of years ago, I, I went on a mission trip. When I was a youth pastor, we used to go on mission trips, and we used to go on mission trips all the time uh, to Mexico. And I, I love going on mission trips to Mexico. My, my mother's from Mexico. My family, is, we have a lot of uh, family that live in Mexico, right on the border in Baja, California there, and in a city called Mexicali. And, um, I, but I loved, we would go to Ensenada on uh, mission trips. I've been to Guadalajara. I've been to all, a lot of different places in Mexico on mission trips. But, but one stands out in the city of Monterrey. 
don't worry about it. I speak Spanglish. And, um, and do you want that quesadilla? Um, so <laughs> my wife likes that joke. All right. All right. Killing it if the wife likes it. And um, so, so we get down there, and we're in Monterrey, and, and uh, we're on this mission trip, and we've got a number of people with us. And it was one of those mission trips where it's like, you know, you get to do everything, okay? So, so we, we, we're building houses. We're, we're, we're building fences. We're helping people. We're loving people. We're down there willing to serve, willing to walk the city and pray over it. We're willing to serve, playing with kids, helping out. Like, when you go on a mission trip, you're just, you're there to serve. You are, you, you've brought your grubby clothes. You're not trying to impress anybody. We have flown down because we're going to serve. We're going to help out this city. So I was down to do anything on this mission trip. I will help. I'll preach on a corner. I'm not above any task. But the only thing that kind of threw me on this mission trip was on on the Sunday of church, they asked us, you know, to come, the whole group to come to this church service. And the pastor of the church asked me if I would serve in the capacity of preaching. And I was like, of course, I, I, I would love, I'd be honored, sir, to preach at your church. And he was like, okay, well, we know you're half Mexican, so we want you to preach your message in Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, sir, I would do anything. I'm willing to do, but sir, my Spanish is not there, okay? I, I, I love Cinco de Mayo, okay? I love chips and guac, I do. But I cannot preach in your church on a Sunday. This guy was, he didn't believe me. He would not believe me. I, I, I tried to tell him over and over and over again. He would, and I'm there to serve. I'm there to lay down my life. I'm there to there for God's kingdom, not my kingdom. So this guy was so insistent that when it came, he was like, you're going to speak in Spanish. So I was like, jefe, sir. I, okay, fine. Like, that's about as, where, as far as I go. So I got up, and I'll never forget, I'm at this Sunday morning, just a service like this, and I get up to speak in Spanish. And I was like, buenos dias ustedes. Como estas? Espiritu Santo, por que la Biblia dice paz De todo el mundo. I am thinking of any Spanish word that is somewhat spiritual at all. I said el rey multiple times. I preached for three minutes and said amen and handed back the microphone. It was the worst. It was the absolute worst. But, but. But the reality is, the, reality, the truth of the matter is, is that when you live a life to serve, you're just willing to do whatever. You're willing to serve in any capacity. You're willing to serve however God sees fit because you actually start to live a life like Paul said. He said, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that now lives through me. Jesus, though he was rich, became poor. Though he was king, became a servant. Though he had it all, he gave it all. Jesus is the servant of all. Is anybody grateful today that the Bible has set the standard? Come on, anybody thankful that Jesus made the decision to serve humanity, not to be served by humanity. I love this story in John 13. Jesus is about to to go to the cross. He's about to die for the sins of the world. This is the end of the bucket list. 
Now, most of us, when we make a bucket list at the end, it's like, I want to play this golf course, or I want to go to Bora Bora, or I want to eat at this restaurant. And Jesus, the end of his life, the, buck, the, the final act is that he's actually sitting at this supper table and goes, I know the lasting visual impression I want to make on my guys. I know the last image I want just in their brain, I want it to be me serving. I've served now for 33 years. I came out in my ministry at 30. For the last three years, we've gone all over and done amazing things. But I want them to, to catch one last time the spirit of my life, the spirit of this journey, what it's really been about. He, 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 he gets up from the table and he takes off his, his robe, his nice clothes, and he puts on an apron, and then one by one, he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Feet? By the way, historically in this context, biblically, this would have been the first thing that a host would do for you. When you would come into their home because of the main mode of transportation in this society would be walking. There were no cars. There were no buses because your feet would be tired and dirty from the journey. The first thing a host would do would allow you to sit down and they would wash your feet so that it would symbolize that this house is a place of refreshment. This place is a place of rest. Jesus is being the ultimate host to his guys. He's washing their feet. By the way, one of the feet that he would wash would be the man that betrayed him. It would be Judas Iscariot. I just want to encourage you. Some of you need to know this, that there's some people sitting around the table with you. They could end up betraying you. That don't matter. Even if you know it, still wash their feet. Jesus is washing the foot of the guy who's about to put nails in his feet. Sitting there, if I was if I was Jesus, I grab that foot. I'm gonna crank that sucker. Get the, get out of here. Again, I'm half Mexican. Jesus washes the feet. He comes to Peter, and Peter, Peter's a loud mouth, isn't he? Peter always saying something stupid. Always open his mouth to say something inappropriate at the wrong time. Peter sitting there getting his feet washed, and maybe it's the bunions, you know. Hey, nobody here this morning is kind of like, man, I would love for someone to wash my feet that I know. No. <laughs> so, so he starts to wash Peter's feet. And what's Peter say? No, Jesus, how dare you? You'll never wash my feet. Almost as if to say, you know, um, Jesus, what you're doing, it's beneath you. What you're doing right now is inappropriate. You, don't, don't let the other guys see you in this. I hate to see you in this posture, sir. You're so powerful. The winds and the ways obey you, sir. Why are you positioned this way? I, I, this is, sir, you cannot. Don't you dare. You're, you're the ruler of the universe, the Messiah of humanity. Don't wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus looks at Peter and said, if I can't serve you in this way. See, the problem for most of us is we would rather serve than be served. We would rather be busy washing other people's feet. But lest we get too close to Jesus' perfection and he sees our imperfection. Oh, no, 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 Jesus, I, I, I haven't gotten a pedicure recently, Je don't you? It's okay. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You bring the worst part of you. I'm not afraid of the ugliness in your world. 
I'm not afraid to get down into the nitty gritty of your space. I'm, I'm a God that's okay with uncomfortable. I'm a God that's okay in broken places. I'm a God that gets down into the nitty gritty. Anybody thankful that when you didn't have your act together, when you didn't have everything all pretty, come on, anybody thankful that he got down and began to wash your feet? He says, Peter, ye, unless I can serve you, unless I can wash you, Notice that Jesus never asked Peter to wash him. He, he wanted to serve him. He wanted to serve his guys. He said, if I can't do this, you have, you have no part. You cannot be a part of Christianity unless I serve you in this manner. Peter's like, well, if that's the case, you just wash everything. <laughs> he says, no, 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 you, you, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not after hygiene. I'm after holiness. In other words, I'm, I'm washing off the bacteria of anything that you've come across, any place your feet has gone that got into wrong spaces, I'm, I'm setting you apart, you're mine. You're marked as mine. You belong to me. He washes the disciples' feet. He goes all throughout the whole thing. He grabs his apron, puts it down, puts his robe back on, sits down in his place, and he goes, guys, you, you, you do call me master, right? They're like, of course. You, you, you. I'm the one you call teacher, right? They're like, yeah, we call you master and teacher. He goes, okay, if I am the master and the teacher, the head, and if I just got down and washed your feet, you know what? Let me just say this. You ought to treat one another and wash one another's feet in the same way I just washed your feet. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is flipping the script. He's changing the paradigm. It used to be that the biggest, the rulers, the important people, they were served. But now Jesus is saying, I want you to live a life of service. I want you to live a life of washing others' feet. I want you to live a life of giving. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that Jesus set the standard and lived a life and he has told us we ought to wash and serve one another. I love this. I'm going to give you four things out of the life of Jesus today. And I pray they bring you great encouragement. Let's study his life so you and I can become greater servants. Number one, write this down. Jesus, he descended to greatness. Oh, wait, wait a second. I, 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 didn't Jesus ascend back to the Father? No. The reason why he is seated at the right hand of the Father today, the reason why he is our great high priest, the reason why we worship him and he has been given the name above all names because he didn't ascend first, he descended first. He made the decision, though he was great, he became less. He became a servant. The gateway or the pathway to greatness is through servitude. God math works different, doesn't it? God is always in working in opposites of our culture. Watch how God does it. God says the first shall be last. The, the greatest of all is the what? The servant or the least of all. Uh, the best faith or the greatest faith, it's actually childlike faith. God's math works different than our math. God works in polar opposites. God works in laws of opposites. He's actually creating to us and showing us if you will humble yourself, that's how you get exalted. It's those that exalt themselves, they end up getting humbled. I don't know about you, but I want my life to descend down to greatness. I want to live a life that just says, well, I'm down to do whatever. I'm not above any task. I'm not above any place. I'm not above any person. I'm actually descending down. And I believe that the greatest of all is the servant of all. Jesus lived this life. Watch what it says here in Matthew and watch how Jesus made this great proclamation. He said, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. How is it that he was so huge and massive and he was there when the stars were created. He, Jesus was there when the, the foundations of the earth were created. He has all the rulership and all the power. He could do anything at any time. And yet Jesus said, I did not come to be served. Most of us, our greatest goal financially is we can get to a place that people are serving us. We, get, we serve. We need more service. We need more people helping us and people around. No, no, no. We ought to live a life where we say, I actually want to descend down and live a life where I add value to others. I help and serve my city. I want to help serve. Listen, selfish people cannot serve. Because we get absorbed in self-centeredness. And we want to be me and mine. And, and how can people help me? And what are you going to do for me? And how, if, you, if you do this for me, then I'll do that for you. And, and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And what's in it for me? No, no, no. Then this kingdom, Jesus said, if you want to be great, you descend down to greatness. It's down here in the serving. It's down here in the washing. It's down here in putting others before yourself. It's putting preference of, of another need before your need. That is the, the that is the greatest of all. The the greatest. I'm telling you, people that serve, they, they'll, they'll always have a job. People that love to serve, they'll always have a position. People that love to serve will always have favor at their workplace. People that serve, you can't get rid of people that love to serve. People that serve make up positions because they just say, I have been made to serve. I got a revelation of a Jesus that served me and he washed my feet. So how could I do anything less than serve God? Pardon the excitement, but I love people that live to serve. Jesus, he said, the greatest way to be great in this kingdom is you descend down to greatness. And watch what Jesus did, how he served. Jesus, he would just serve one by one, one at a time. In fact, would you write down point number two? It's going to come up here on the screens, but I love this about Jesus came to serve the one. We make the biggest impact through the smallest acts. I love that Jesus, it says so much about Jesus in the one that he served. I know we get excited, you know, he's on a hillside and he preaches to hundreds. And there's other times when he preaches to thousands and, and he fed the feeding of the fish. And I get excited about the crowds that came to the lakeside. And I get excited about the crowds on, on the hills and all that. But I get so mesmerized, I get so moved by how our God stopped for the one. He stopped for one man with a sick child. He stopped for one man with a withered hand. He stopped for one woman who was bent over. He stopped for one man who had a lot of demons. He stopped for one man who had a sick mother. Jesus always stopped for the one. One time he was walking by and a blind man, he stopped for one blind man. One time he was preaching in front of a huge crowd and one man was lowered through the roof. Jesus was never above the one. We serve the one. We make a difference in this world by serving the one. We make a huge impact through small acts of service. I remember growing up in basketball and whenever we would get down and we'd feel overwhelmed and feel like, you know, we're losing by 15 or 20 points. And our coach, and even my dad sometimes would say this, that he would always say, there's no such thing as a 10-pointer. In other words, he'd say, when you're down and you feel overwhelmed and you can't get how in the world are, what in the, it's too much. He, my dad would say, it's just one at a time, one basket at a time. You be in a city like L.A. and it's millions. How are we going to serve L.A.? There's millions of people and they're from all over and international. How are we going to reach L.A.? One at a time. 
There's no such thing as a 10-pointer. It's one Saturday, I love my city at a time. It's one outreach at a time. It's helping Venice. It's helping in the Valley. It's helping in West Hollywood. Come on, anybody down to live a life where you're willing to stop for the one. And I'm telling you, when you start serving one at a time, we make the biggest difference in the world. I remember when I was in high school, we, one of my best friends, you know, we were fired up in high school for God. About 16 years old, God got a hold of my life. And in my high school, we started in high school trying to, you know, reach our school. And, and, and we, I'll never forget this. This one, there was a special uh, needs kid in our school. And he, he loved sports and he was always around. And we found out. Uh, you know, through the lunchroom that all these, these uh, party kids and mean-spirited kids, they had taken this special needs kid to a party that weekend. And I'm telling you, me and my buddy, there was a righteous indignation that came over us. We said, what? We went and yelled at the, at the guys, don't you ever, are you, this, are you, this kid's rolling with us. So this special needs kid, I, I love him to this day, he, he would, we would give him a ride home every day after school. We would pick him up and take him to the movies. He would come to youth group every Wednesday with us. He he would go to Sunday morning church and we just, we, we made the decision that we are going to serve this kid. He couldn't do anything for us, but we could do a lot for him. And we made the decision. We're just going to serve that one. When was the last time God put one on your radar and just said, let's serve this person. Let's help this one out. It could be in passing. It could be in lifestyle, but I hope that we're a church that's not looking to hit some 10 pointer. I hope that we're a church that we love people one by one. This coworker, this family member, this friend in my culture to say, come on, am I preaching to anybody this morning that is willing to make a difference one at a time? I do not get overwhelmed in this city how we're going to serve and make an impact. I am not overwhelmed in Los Angeles with millions of people saying, well, this is too big and there's too many people. How are we going to do it? You know what? We're going to do it one campus at a time. But one day we'll have more campuses. We're going to do it one. Right now we got four. I love my cities that happened yesterday. One day we're going to have 30 and 50 of them. We're going to serve it one because I believe if you're faithful in the little, God will make you faithful in much. But so many of us, we miss out on opportunities because we're looking for hillside crowds and we're looking for some big moment when the big moments of life are in the little opportunities of life. Now I'm, I, I, I pray you catch the spirit of our church. The spirit of Zoe is one by one. We make the biggest impact in the smallest little acts. I love this about Jesus. Jesus, he lived this life. Watch him. He, 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 the, the, the pathway to greatness is, is down here. He descended down to greatness, serving the one. And watch, it reveals so much about him by who he was willing to stop. Put the third point up this morning and write this down. That Jesus was always willing to stop. That now, Jesus was always going. And, I, and listen, I pray this over your life, that you have a revelation of purpose in your life. There is nothing worse than a life lived without purpose. I, I hope that you get a, a, a thought from God, a God thought, that you get some direction in your life, that you're living. If you're acting, you're acting on purpose. If you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur on purpose. If you're raising your kids, you're raising your kids on purpose. Whatever, you, if you're an employee, you're an employee on purpose. I pray over your life that you live a life of purpose. But I pray in your going that you're not a person that's so addicted to going, you're not willing to stopping. Because wow. Jesus was going to Jericho and going to this spot and going to Capernaum and going through Judea. And he was always willing to stop. It says so much about you what you're willing to stop for. What you're willing to go. You know what? I'm sorry. 
the rest of my day is canceled because I've got to help this person right now. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, but you know what? I see this, this single mom, she's pulled over on the side of the road, and I've got to pull over my car because I'm willing to stop. What, what, what is it for you that makes you you're willing to stop? I just, I, lo- I love this about Jesus. Jesus tells this beautiful story because they're asking uh, Jesus, they go like, okay, so who do we stop for? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing, Jesus, I'll stop, but like, so paint, paint a clear definition. Who do I stop for? So Jesus is like, okay, let me give you an example. Um, how, how, do I, how do I bring this picture to mind? Um, he goes, okay, this is what it's like. It's like this one guy who was on a journey. He's walking, and these robbers and burglars come up. They beat him down. They take his stuff, and they leave him to die on the side of the road. He said he's there on the side of the road, and this one guy walks by, sees him, and it was like, oh, you, you, ever, you ever walk by someone that's hurting and, and in need and you, you, you don't know how to interact, so you look the other way? It happens to all of us, right? He looks the other way. And he said another guy comes by, and same guy's lying there on the ground, and he, well, looks the other way, and he, and he keeps going. He said, but this third guy, we know him as a good Samaritan. This Samaritan man walks by, he sees him, and he, he stops. He goes over to him. And the Bible continues, Jesus continues to tell the story where he actually, he pays for his medical bills and pays for his hotel bill. He's willing to stop. That is the essence and the spirit of Jesus. Jesus, when you were in your state, in your brokenness, in your worst spot, Jesus did not walk past you and I. He stopped to take care of our bills, take care of our wounds. Anybody thankful today that Jesus wasn't too busy for you and I, but he was willing to stop? It's beautiful, isn't it? He's a God that's willing. Jesus was always willing to stop. He stopped for the one. He didn't just stop for the crowds. He stopped for the insignificant. Some of us think that our service is insignificant. I'll tell you today, Jesus said, when you pay someone that's in prison, when you help a widow, when you do to the least of these, you do it unto me. Heaven is watching our acts of service. And when you, when you please God that way, he said, there is a treasure that is waiting in heaven. Come on, anybody thankful today that when we stop and we help, come on, heaven is watching and the angels are applauded. It's a servolution. I just love this about Jesus and the spirit of Jesus. Worship team, you can come back up. And I, I, I want to end with one last thought. One, one, one last number four today. Go ahead and put up point number four. And, and anybody by show of hands, you're being encouraged by today's message. Let me just see your hand. Write, write this down. Last point today. Jesus, he knew broken people need to be served, not talked at. I just, it's one of the things that separates Jesus from us, right? That Jesus, at the end of the day, he knew that broke, a broken society, a broken world, does not need a bunch of Christians walking around going, oh, you got a problem? Okay, I got, I got this cute, it's a cool quote. Okay, ready? Um, cleanliness is next to godliness. What do you think? Uh, okay, 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 oh, got one. You got a problem? Okay, listen to this. I heard this great quote. God helps those that help himself. What do you think? People do not need Christians that talk at them as much as they need someone that's willing just to serve them. And this is so counterculture to our humanity, isn't it? We want to go. 
We've got things to do. I've got an agenda. I've got a purpose. And Jesus is saying, that's fine. But unless you slow down and love people and serve people, you will never see healing happen in their life. Because they don't need a pep talk. And they don't need your two cents. But they need someone to get down and wash feet. Not for hygiene. This is for holiness. This is to wash off what the devil has stained people with. Addictions and brokenness, hurts and despair. I just pray that we're a church. Again, we're talking about true values. This is how Julie and I want to live our life. This is how we want to raise our kids. We want to be down here, descended down to greatness. We're not above anything. I'm going I'm to try and change the world one person at a time. How about you? We're here willing to stop. We're not too busy. I'm not too busy for a phone call. How about you? I'm not too busy to reach out and text somebody. And if we, if we, if we are, if we don't stop, if, we, if we're not willing, we will miss out on the opportunity to serve people that could receive healing in the midst of their brokenness. I present to you this morning a servolution. That we would serve in such a way. I heard Mother Teresa say recently, you can't feed a hundred. That's all right. You can feed one. One by one, we will change our workplaces. We will change the culture and the dynamic of our homes. We will change our families. We will change our church. Jesus wasn't even saying, guys, go out and wash everybody else's feet. He's saying, wash each other's feet. Start here in the household of faith. Start here at church. Wash your connect group's feet and wash your, the people you serve with feet. And let, let's, let's be feet washers. I'm not above it. How about you? And I just say, if the teacher and the master got down, I want to live a life where I get down. How about you? Come on, somebody put your hands together if you're grateful today that Jesus himself, he is the servant of all. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.